Good morning. Uh, like Alex said, I am Thad Lanthrop. I'm the administrative pastor here at Church in the Valley. And I've, I've been on staff at, at Church in the Valley for about almost two years. It'll be two years in August. And this is my first time out here for a worship service with, with you guys. And I'm excited to be here. It, it's fun. It took too long to get here. I've been out here for some other things, but not for a worship service. Um, and so I'm, I'm really glad to be here with you all this this morning. And and this morning we're we're wrapping up our box office wisdom message series. And um in this message series we've taken a look at at some of the blockbuster hits or what we thought were going to be the blockbuster hits for the movie for movies coming out this summer. And when we've looked at these, we haven't necessarily we're not necessarily endorsing them and saying, you know, you should go check them out. And that's particularly the case with the movie we're talking about today. We are talking about Ted, Two, And normally this is the part, the time in the worship service where we would show the, the promotional movie trailer um, and we'd all see what the movie was about. Well, we're not going to do that this morning. That We have deemed that movie trailer unacceptable uh, to be shown here. So we're not going to be doing that. But I'll give you a quick quick uh, a recap of the storyline here. Um, Ted, too. Ted is a, stock, a talking stuffed bear. And this movie is a sequel. It pick, it's picking up on... Uh, where the the first one left off, and Ted is um, he's just married his girlfriend from the first film, Tammy Lynn, and the couple they want to have a baby, and Ted wants to have custody of the baby, but there's a problem. He's a stuffed bear, and so he he the this the storyline in this movie is he's trying to prove that he's human, because. He thinks he's human. He thinks he can do human things. So why can't he be a human and, ha- and have custody of, of a child? Okay, so that's, that's the premise of the movie. That's as far as, as we're going to get this morning in that movie. But there's, there's an important theme that, that is, is talked about in this movie. And the, the theme is, I gotta be me. Now Ted's, a, he's a stuffed bear, but he feels like he's a human. And he desires to have a child, and so he's got to be him. He's got. He, I got to be me. Um, I'm Ted. I'm. I can be human. I can do human things, and I'm going to fight for that right to be a human. So I, I got to be me is rooted in this idea that you that who you are on the inside is most valuable and important. It's more important than anyone or anything else. Who you are on the inside is the most important. And because that's the most important thing, you should be free from restraints. You should just be able to live how you want to live. You should be able to do whatever you want. You should be able to be the true you. You should be authentic. That's another part of I gotta be me, is, is I should be authentic. I should be true to myself. And also... I, I should just be able to live as I desire. That's I, I got to be me. I should be able to do as I desire. If I want something, if I desire something, then I should be able to, to do that. And and the, the really what part of the reason behind this idea is because if you don't take care of yourself, nobody else will. Nobody else is going to take care of you. 
So basically, you should be able to free, be free to do whatever you want, whenever you want it. And don't worry what other people think. Don't worry about society or cultural norms as long as it makes you happy, as long as, as you want to do that and you're being your true self. And, and this, this idea, it's, it's in um, a lot of different things, not just movies, um, but it's just a, it's a popular idea out there. Um, take a look at this quote from Oprah Winfrey. She said, I had no idea that being your authentic self could make me as rich as I've become. If I had, I'd have done it a lot earlier. That sounds pretty good. That, that, that if I'm myself, I can, I can be rich. I can, I can have all that I want. And that's the promise that comes with this idea, with this theme. I gotta be me. The promise is, is that I'm going to be fulfilled. I'm going to take care of myself. I'll be fulfilled. I'll be satisfied. I'll be taken care of. I'll be happy. I'll find that peace that, that I've, I've wanted. I'll, I'll be able to have that as well. That sounds really good. Sounds good to me. Um, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm pretty good at being me. You know, at living for my desires, I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, I bet you are too. Um, it, it comes naturally to be me. It, it's really easy to do that. The other day I was at my, my parents' house with my, my family. I have my wife, Gina, and I. We have three kids. We have a four-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old, four-year-old boy, two-and-a-half-year-old boy, and a one-year-old girl. And we were over at my parents' house. And my, my son, my oldest son came up to me and said, hey, Dad, I, I want to play with the trains. Can you set up a train track? So I, I said, okay, I'll, I'll set up the train track. I'm not a train guy. I, I'm, I, I never liked trains. I, I wasn't ever into trains. I was always into sports, um, playing you know, football, basketball. Baseball was my sport that I was into. And so when, when he asked me you know, to, to play with the trains, it's kind of like, Okay, all right, I'll, I'll do the trains, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on and go on to something that I, I enjoy to do. So I, for, for Blake, I said, okay, I'll set up the track. So I set up the track, and then, and then I, I went on, and I was, started watching a, game, a baseball game or something on TV. And he and his younger brother started playing with the trains. So a little bit later, you can probably guess what happened. With unsupervised two kids playing on a train track that goes one way, inevitably one's going to go the other way, and there's a crash. A lot of commotion. I look over, the train track's demolished, and they're both upset and crying. I'm good at being me. I was good. It was easy for me to just set up the track and step to the side. But, but what happened was disorder ensued. Um, the, there, it was easy to see that outcome coming and my kids are at an age where they need coaching. They, they need somebody to be down there with them playing, but I didn't want to play with the trains. I don't like trains. I didn't want to do that. So I didn't do it. So what happened in, in that situation was I just went into default mode. We, we all have our own default mode, whatever it is. For some, it might be, you know, relaxing watching a game, and, and that's easy. That's easy to do for you. For others, it, it might be um, being productive. That might be your default mode is I'm going to get as much done as I can. It's easy to fall, fall into that. 
But we all have our, our default mode. The way that God has wired us, we, we are going to naturally go towards certain things. Um, we hit situations throughout the day, all day long, where we have to choose, am I going to be myself? Am I going to follow my desires? Or am I going to do something different? At, at work, your, your default mode decisions might, might come into play when um, maybe your, your boss has asked you to, to do something and... It's not really your strength, um, and maybe he wasn't like saying you have to do it. It was more of giving you an opportunity, and it's not, it doesn't fall into your strengths. It's, it's not, you're not really good at it, so you turn it down. Um, maybe that's, that's a default mode you, you struggle with at work, or, or maybe you, you feel like you're the only one who can get things done right. And so you're going to take control of everything that you can at work so that you can make sure that it's done right and get it done the way that you think it needs to be done. Or maybe at, at home there, there's a pile of dishes that, that, are, um, that are sitting there and eh, I don't really want to do it. I'll just leave it there. I'll do it later. Maybe that's your default mode decision. I'll, somebody else will get to it or I'll, I'll do it later. Um, if I was my default mode, I don't think I'd ever get the dishes done. Actually, I'd probably buy all paper plates and then just throw them away because I do like cleanliness, but I don't want to do the dishes. But maybe that's a default decision that, that you have to, to make there. Or maybe um, financially, there's, there's a default decision. You, there's something you want. There's something you really want to have. But maybe you don't quite have the money for it yet. Um, and so you stretch a little bit beyond what you can, what, what money you have, to, to get what you want. I got to be me says, do that. Go ahead. Be true to yourself. Go after what you desire. Go for the things that you want because everything's just going to work out. You know, like Oprah says, if I would have known, I would have done it sooner. I would have been richer sooner. But that's not been my experience. My experience with I got to be me is more like my train story where Sometimes it works out. I can get away with being me, my desires. You know, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes I can get away with it. But other times it just turns into chaos because I chose to go with that with my default mode. I chose to go for my desires. So, so what do we do when that happens? When you're hit, you do your default mode. You, you go after your desires and you think, okay, I'm just going for, for what I want. And it doesn't turn out the way you want. Do you just keep doing it? You keep following it? Keep I got to be meing until it works out for you? Or do you do something different? Fortunately for us, we're not the first ones to struggle with this tension of our desires and what we want and what might actually be uh, helpful to the situation. So let's take a look at, at what the Bible has to say about the tension that comes from, from this idea, from this mindset of I got to be me. Uh, first of all, I got to be me. It actually it highlights some good things. Um, the, it highlights the fact that people are incredibly valuable. People have value and uniqueness. We, we see this in Psalm 139, 13 through 16, where it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the, in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So, so God has made us, and, and that in itself gives us value. Um, but, but he's also made us fearfully and wonderfully. Um, the, the Old Testament, where that, that Psalms passage of Scripture is found, it was written in Hebrew. And the Hebrew word there for uh, fearfully is yare. Um, and what that means is, is like a reverence, um, to revere, um, is, is what that word means there. And then the Hebrew word for wonderfully made there is pala, which is to set apart. And so when, when you put that together, um, in verse 14 there, in, in, on Psalms, um, in Psalms 139, 14, when you put that together, it's, it literally says, I am distinguished by fearful things. And so what, what that, that um, verse is, is communicating is, I am set apart from all of the other creation because God has made me in a way that he has set me apart. And he's made me in a way that... Um, should point people back to him. It, it should, um, the, the way that he has made me, it, it should show his power because of, of all that, that he's made me, um, of how he's made me and all I can do. And the passage goes on to describe um, how God has made us and, and how he's made each of us unique. We look, we look different than each other. We sound different from each other. Um, we have different strengths, we have different weaknesses, different backgrounds. The list goes on and on. God, God has made each of us unique. And, and the idea that I got to be me attitude really does a good job of highlighting this uniqueness, highlighting this value. But, but it, what it doesn't do is it, it, it leaves out an important part, an important part of our hearts. It leaves out an important um, part of, of who we are and, and who our hearts are. And that is that our hearts are, are foolish and selfish. We have foolish and selfish hearts. Proverbs twenty two, fifteen, 15, um, the first part of verse 15 says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. Um, this verse, it, it highlights the fact um, that folly entered our hearts. When, when Adam and Eve chose to sin in the garden of evil when they chose they chose to go their own way sin entered the world and when that entered the world um folly entered our our hearts this foolish this foolishness and the um the this folly the the hebrew word for that is aveleth and and the idea behind that is really this foolish stubborn determination to have one's own agenda. So I am going to try and make sure that I get my way. I'm going to do all I can to get my way. That's just a part of our, our hearts and, and who, who we are. And so i got to be me. It encourages this foolishness. It encourages this, this idea. Because i got to be me is saying, go ahead. Be you. Be the true you. Go on. Be yourself. Don't change. You don't need to change for anyone or, or anything. 
Get what you want out of life. Be, be happy. And it plays into this stubborn determination that's, that's, that is in our hearts since sin entered the world. And again, it sounds good. I, 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 I want to just, I want life to be easy. I want it to just play out the way that I want it to play out. I want to go about life in a way that I can just do whatever I want and follow my desires. And I got to be me says that everything's just going to work out. But what does the Bible say? Where is the, what does the Bible say about where that leads? And in Proverbs fourteen twelve, it has something to say about where the I got to be me attitude leads. Proverbs fourteen twelve says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Have you ever been sure you were going the right way? You, you were sure you were going the right way. You were driving somewhere and you, you knew you were going the right way and then you, you end up hitting a dead end, not making it there. All the guys are saying, no, never. And all the wives are saying, yeah, with him I was. Um, but the, the, the other day I was taking my son to his first t-ball practice. We were going to a park that I've been to. I, I've been to a, a lot of times, and, but it had been a while since I've been there. And we were driving there, and, and he was really excited, and he's asking me, you know, are we there yet? Are we there? You know, how, how many more minutes until we get there? Um, I said, just a couple, just a couple, and we're going. And I was sure I was going the right way. I entered the neighborhood. I took a left, took a right. I was sure I was there. I was going to go around the back of the park, and dead end. We hit the dead end. I had to backtrack, go around, and, and go a different way to, to get there. That's what this verse is talking about. There's a way that seems right to a man. There's a way that we know. We know we're going the right way. We know we're on the right path. We're, we're going to get what we want. But in the end, it, it leads to death. That's what this verse is talking about. And as you dig further into the, to the Bible, um, you, you find more where I got to be me ends up. Um, over time, I got to be me leads to problems. Um, James 3.16 says, for, for where you have every, in, where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. So I, I gotta be me can end up masking our, our selfish ambition. It, it can mask it. Um, and instead of leading to the happiness and the fulfillment that we want, it leads to problems. And it can lead to problems in our families. Um, the story I, I told you earlier about the, the trains um, with, with my, my two sons. You know, it, it led to problems. Me just stepping away, setting it up, leaving, leaving them alone by themselves, not doing what, what I knew I needed to do, but just doing what I wanted, which was just to check out. Doing that, it, it caused disorder. It caused problems. And that's a, that's a small situation, but over time, if you continue to do that over and over and over again, then, li, li, then my family and my, the life, they're not going to really trust me. They're not going to want to be around me. They're not going to want to – just more and more problems will come from living like that. Um, our, our work, it, it, over time, i got to be in me, leads to problems at our work. Um, it might look like refusing to help a, a coworker when they ask you for help because 
You got to get your job done. I got to do what I got to do so that I look good in my job, so that I I can um, advance instead of helping them out and doing what's best for the company. Or I got to be me might be, you know, it might be um, taking on too many assignments because you you think I got to get this this done. I've I've got to be the one who looks good in this situation. Or in our finances, um, I got to be me can lead to problems in in finances. Um, again, you don't have the the money for the item that you want, um, whether it's a, a piece of, of clothing or a, a piece of furniture or a car, a TV, whatever whatever it is. So you overspend to get it. You you try and get it. Or maybe I got to be me for you shows up in the fact that you really pride yourself in being frugal, and you, you're you're frugal with your money, but you don't under, you don't realize that it's hurting the people around you that are close to you in, in their in your life because you don't ever spend money on them or you don't spend money to go do things with people, and so your your frugalness is actually hurting yourself because I gotta be me, I gotta show people that I'm good with, with my money. Um, and then also in our relationships. I, over time, I got to be me can just cause problems in, in relationships. Um, it, it could be always always asking for help, not giving it very often. Um, that that that's how it can show up. Um, I got to be me can show up show up and just having to do what you want to do all the time. Um, whether it's a movie that you want to see or or a, a place to eat that you want to go, um, looking. Looking out for, for yourself, it, it doesn't ensure that everything's just going to come, to, gonna come together. Because um, regardless of, of what the culture says, what it, what it says, it's just not going to work out. Because we're not, um, what, what I got to be me does really is it, it isolates you. Because you're so focused on yourself and what you want to do, it, it isolates you from the relationships and all the people that are around you being yourself it's not the magic key just being me being authentic i got to be me it's not the magic key that's going to um, bring life together in james 3:16 that verse we looked at it's saying the opposite it's going to bring these problems around and so if if we want a better quality of life if we want to um, do just have more to life than than a string of broken relationships or um, our, our finances aren't the way where they, we want them to be. If we want our life to be something more than, than that, then what do we need to do? And as you dig more into the Bible, you see that, that you've got to replace the me, and i got to be me. And you've got to replace the me with godly. So you've got to replace i got to be me with i got to be godly. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 talks about this. It says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. In this verse, the, the, the writer's writing to a, the, the Ephesians, and he, he's saying, don't be you. Don't, don't be me. Don't be... Um, don't be selfish. Don't go after your desires, your selfish amb- ambition. The, what he's saying is to live a life of love. Imitate God and live 
a life of God, of, of love. And he's not just saying to stop there, but he, he's saying God didn't just say live a life of love. He actually gave us an example to follow. And that example is in his son, Jesus Christ. As you read about Jesus's life in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel books of the Bible um, that, ex- that go into Jesus' life, as, as you read uh, about that, you see that Jesus lived a life of love. And he didn't live a life of love by going after his desires and what he wanted. He lived a life of love by sacrificing what he wanted and desired in order to be a blessing to those around him. There's no greater example of this than when when he died on the cross. A lot of times we we think, you know, Jesus, he's God's son. It must have been easier for him somehow on this earth. Well, it's easy to think that, but, but it wasn't. He had to make the choice to reject his desires, what he wanted to do in order to follow God, to be godly. He had to replace the me with godly as well. And we see that in Luke twenty-two forty-two, Jesus is, is about to be captured. He's about to be um, taken into custody to die on the cross. After he's lived a perfect life, never sinned, and he's having a conversation with God. And here's what he says in Luke 22:42. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. He'd lived a perfect life. And we, we needed somebody to live a perfect life because we, we aren't able to do that. We've all chosen to go our own way. We've all chosen disobedience to, to the way that God wants us to live our life. And we needed somebody to fill, bridge that gap between us and, and a God who's perfect, who's holy. And Jesus was able to do that. He lived that perfect life. And, and as, as he lived that perfect life, he, he was ridiculed, he was beaten, he was nailed to a cross, and he, he was killed. He died on the cross for our sins. But Jesus chose God's will over his own, and by doing so, he blessed generations of people who can now have a relationship with God because he chose, i got to be godly instead of what I want to do, not my will but yours be done. Imagine what life would look like if we all chose that attitude, that attitude of I got to be godly instead of I, I got to be me. Imagine what life would, would look like. It's easy to go around thinking, you know, what do I want to get out of this situation? Or, or what, what can, what's going to be best for me um, in this situation that's going on? But, but what if we, we went around and we, we said, instead of what, what do I want to get, we said, what does God want me to do in this situation? How can I be godly here? How can I follow Christ's example in this situation? What if we, we went around and did that? Work wouldn't be spent with people politicking, trying to, to one-up each other, to, to try and... To try and um, climb the ladder. Instead, it, it would be spent with people trying to work together as a team to make the organization succeed. 
Or home wouldn't be each individual trying to get what they want, trying to fulfill their dreams, or, or trying, to, um, trying to, to do whatever they can to make them happy. Home life wouldn't be like that. It, instead, it would be filled with the people in the house looking at how they could serve each other, how they could, they could um, help each other with, with each other's goals and look to their interests. I gotta be me is all about getting what I want. I gotta be me, I gotta be godly is all about looking at what pleases God and putting the interests of others first. So we have to reject the false promises that come from I gotta be me and that, that come from our culture, from, from movies, um, from, from celebrities. We gotta reject those false promises because I gotta be me doesn't just magically work everything out. It causes problems. We have to reject that idea, and we have to choose to, i got to be godly. That is how we will really be fulfilled. That is how we will be satisfied, taken care of. God will take care of us as we, as we try to, um, to put him first. And, it, and we'll spend our life doing things that really, really matter. As I wrap up today's message, I'd like you to pull out that connection card. Um, that Alex talked about earlier and you began to fill out. Um, if you'd pull that back out, I'd also like to ask our worship team to, to come back on, up on stage and, and the ushers are going to get ready to receive the offering here um, after in a couple minutes. Please take some time finishing out any information on that connection card um, or, or there might be some next steps that you want to take in response to the message this morning. These next steps are, are practical ways that you can apply something that, that you learned or, or were reminded of this morning. Um, the, the first next step um, today, my, my next step today is, today for the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior and follow him as Lord. That's really the first step in, in getting over I got to be me and choosing I got to be godly is, is to make Jesus the boss of, of your life. So maybe that's the next step that... that that you need to take this morning. Um, another ne- next step is to choose I got to be godly this week by blank and fill in the blank there. Uh, maybe there was an area that, that, that we talked about or discussed and, and, and you want to write it in there um, that, that God wants you to work on this week. Um, or um, maybe you're thinking, I, I, um, I want to be godly, but I need to know more about how to do that. I need, I need a, a better example of, of what that looks like. So maybe you need to study Christ's example by reading the book of Matthew in, in the Bible. Uh, maybe you're, you're um, wanting to learn more specifically what that looks like on a daily basis. So you can read the book of Matthew and, and read about Jesus' life there to learn more about what that's like. Would you pray with me as we continue to worship? Lord, we thank you for uh, just the opportunity to worship you this morning and to, to be together um, to do that. And we just uh, thank you um, for the example of Jesus Christ that you, you gave us that we can um, choose to, to follow him and that our life can, can um, be filled with, with blessing and not problems that can come from just choosing our own way. Help us, Lord, to choose to follow you. Help us to to reject the I gotta be me attitude. 
and to choose to be godly. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.